Hi, this is Steve Addison and you're listening to the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. If you're enjoying the Movements Podcast, why not consider leaving a review or spreading the word on social media? Today we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're talking to Chris Gibson about his journey in pursuing multiplying movements until there's no place left. I really like to say it's just started at my point of salvation. Um, uh, I got hurt at work and somebody invited me to a Bible study, met in a race car garage. Um, but, but by this point, I, when I got hurt at work, I found a Bible in my house. I had no idea where it came from. Uh, I didn't really grow up in a in a Christian home, but I knew about God. My, there were some relatives that went to church and stuff. Um, so I started reading revelation and I was like, what is this? This is in the Bible. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, so it's, it, it kind of wanted me to, I, I kind of felt like I needed to start reading from the beginning. So I started reading Genesis and I got about halfway through Genesis and I met a guy uh, at my rehab center. I was rehabbing my knee. I had knee surgery. And uh, he invited me to a Bible study. And so, like, I couldn't put the Bible down. And I was, I, I just felt like I was in every story. I was battling. Uh, and he, he invited me to a, a Bible study, met in the garage. And about six weeks ago, and every single Monday, uh, I gave my life to Jesus. They pointed me to Jesus. And, and so, like, that started my journey right there before I even entered it in a church. I'm in, in a Bible study with a bunch of guys praying for me. And uh, it wasn't long. I was just trying to read the Bible and, and just do what it says. And, um, that, that was kind of odd to a lot of people, <laughs> but I feel like God was working on my heart right from the beginning. Um, you know, we, I did that for four years. Uh, we met in the garage and, and then I kind of filtered into a local church, um, where pastor kind of mentored me. And then it wasn't long. I was Sunday school teacher and, and small group leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, probably about two, this was in 2004, I gave my life to Jesus. And then, uh, probably 2000. Nine, ten. Um, uh, I found I'm second, maybe, and they had some uh, videos and t- attached with some guides on how to obey Jesus. There's some basic um, obedience-based Bible studies, and so I, I tried to try to do those myself. And then I found a link on the website that said, "Click for to be a head coach in your area." I didn't know what that was exactly. What well, they contacted me back and they gave me some training on on how to do some more obedience based Bible studies, and so that that helped me a lot. Um, and so at one time we probably had um, probably eleven different groups going at one time from the church, from different churches and different what different places. Um, they just were, it was cool to watch the videos and then talk about them and then, you know, set a goal, like who can you share with or, you know, the story that we learned. Um, and then um, just working with I'm Second, they invited me into, a, a, um, a, I don't know, the E3 partners uh, officially. And so I've been working with E3 partners as a E3 USA. Uh, so th- from there, I really learned how to dive into T for T and, and what biblical simple reproducible really meant so we mm-hmm. we started to transition in everything we were doing from obedience-based bible studies to let's you know let's call it church let's let's do the functions of a healthy church let's dig into acts 2 and and you know use that as a basis and um so that really started my journey towards investigating movements but i've always had a passion to like hey let's read the bible let's 
with the intention to do what it says with the expectation that it's going to continue to, to transform our hearts, uh, my heart and the ones that we're leading. And so I've always had that kind of mentality. So, uh, it's been really good to connect with other believers, uh, that are on that same path. And, you know, uh, I just feel like uh, that's where God had me from the beginning was heading heading this direction. Once we started to dive into everyone's oikos and figuring out that, you know, I, that's what Jesus did from the beginning is mm-hmm. is is dove into his oikos. Um, and then um, I, I took a couple of years where I went to share with my entire oikos. And I, there were 16 people, uh, the people that I knew came to know Jesus. Uh, Twelve of them immediately were baptized and two complete families came to know Jesus. There was a little girl that came came to talk to me about, hey, I want to be baptized. So I, I shared the gospel with her. She knew Jesus. And, you know, I don't know where she first heard, um, but it was a family member. And so, like, yeah, I'll, I'll baptize you. So that gave me an opportunity to talk to the parents, which I knew they were unbelievers as well. Uh, they didn't believe at first. So we set up a baptism. Um, and then uh, we uh, – decided to meet at the lake. I don't get the chance to see my my family a lot. So we, we decided to meet at the lake and ended up inviting a bunch of people. And there was 40 people that came out that day. Um, people we don't see a lot, you know, cause we, we live down North Carolina and this is in Michigan and they, um, we went and we had a baptism service. You know, we prayed, we, we talked about baptism and what it was. And uh, we went out in the water and I baptized her and then we came back in and then the mom was like, man, I, I need to get baptized. And so I shared the gospel with her again, made sure she knew that uh, what she was doing and what she wanted. And she's like, yeah, I've, I'm, I've, re- I've repented of my sins. She prayed right there and wanted to receive Christ and, and get into a discipleship group. And so I took her back out into the water and we, we baptized her. And then we came back in and the dad came. He's like, man, I, I, I'm, I, there's something happening here. He was bawling already. Uh, he was, he was just crying uh, over, you know, he, he sinned against God. So again, I took him and we, we shared the gospel with him. He retold it back to me. He knew what he was doing. And so we just took him out and baptized him again. And so that was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, but the, I think the remarkable thing that God did is he allowed me to, or not me, he, he showed himself uh, strong in front of those other 40 people that were there. And, uh, and so we're, that was really a part of our orcas and our family, my wife and I. And, and so that was pretty powerful. I think there was a something that that happened. Um, you know, we were running pretty hard after after you know doing obedience based Bible studies, switching to church. My family and I, we we I don't know if we got burned out. Uh, we just started having too many discussions about ministry, and we thought it was time that I needed to take a break. Uh, we needed to take a break because we had people calling all hours of the day and night, people coming over uh, all the time, and and so we had no rest ever. And so we were doing too much. So we took a fanbatical um, and just kind of walked away for about six months. And and, I, and it helped us really refocus on our family, refocus on things that were important, you know, rekindle the relationship with my wife again, uh, that I would never want to lose that again. And, and it helped my children as well, um, I think, uh, because coming out of that, there was a lot of cool things that happened. <laughs> and so I think that was a pivotal point. And so we came back into the work uh, about, we took off, um, say, um, uh, t- uh, I don't know, June to, to January. And then uh, we had a gospel conversations training after that. 
Uh, and something happened in, in uh, a couple months after that gospel conversation training, I started hearing about these stories about this guy has trained 12 churches in the 411, and these women are meeting in a group, but they're wanting some guidance on how to do the three-thirds a little better. There's people out there meeting in other groups that, that are they're not really sharing the gospel yet, but they want to learn how to do that more effectively. Uh, and I think um, me taking that time away, it, it forced uh, people to go do on their own. And so I, I really, I really think that had a big impact the last couple of years on, on some movement here and uh, it, or at least gaining traction. Um, at, w- during that time too, we, we started attending just a local church. So we built some relationships there and some people jumped into the work from, from that. And, you know, um, so I've been mentoring and coaching more than anything else after, after we came back into the work, uh, just trying to catch up with what God's doing. And I'm still finding out things that I had no idea were going on, just trying to help coach that along. And, you know, any, any kind of service I can do for them uh, to, to whatever, whatever it takes, you know, I just have a heart to see the mission go forward. And uh, so that's been a, like a big pivotal point. Uh, I think that, that, that we had to take time away, refocus on our family um, my, my daughter has jumped into the work. My son, he's only 10. Uh, we, she, my daughter in December, we baptized her first disciple, uh, in December this year, this past year. And so that was really, really cool, uh, to see her blossom into that. Um, and that really jump started again, some, some other movement that, that happened. Um, I had another family, um, baptize their son and, and my daughter baptized, uh, a young man. And, um, so now we have this new family, they're getting ready to move to the UK. So they've been hanging out with us and they're mobilizing, raising, uh, finishing to raise their final support to get over to the UK and, uh, trying to get them connected with some, some MPL people over there. And, you know, it's just a, a roller coaster of things happening. I, I, I really can't, I don't know how or, or where it all took place. Uh, but I just know that, that God's moving in a way that I've never seen before and been laboring here a while to see, to see movement, been praying and fasting. And uh, it's just been an incredible journey to see um, God move. Um, You know, I prayed that it would be sooner or, you know, but at the same time, it's in in his time and, and he's raised up the right people. Uh, And, and now uh, even, the leaders that we're pouring into are in different regions now and God worked it out to where that's where they're, they're, they're taking ownership of, of their local areas. Um, not just a mass group, but some strategic people that God just placed together, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see that come together. And so we get together once, uh, once a week and do like a leadership call and just try to pray through any stuckages and talk about what's happening and all kind of things. Also something, that I think really changed in the last couple of years is the language. Um, I know it's biblical language for the entry gospel discipleship, you know, church and leadership development, but just simple things like let's, let's go care for our neighbors and let's go share with them. Um, let's, you know, read the Bible and grow together and let's like use gather um, or uh, for leadership development, like guide or the Holy spirit, you know, as we set, set apart, uh, different tools then um, leadership um, or I mean, and, and the, the, just the simple tools that we say three thirds in, instead of the pattern of care trainers or modelers 
Uh, weekly harvest is like model zones. When we try to change a little bit of the language, but not not really the identity of the tool and how it's used, um, we found that that was not as offensive to to churches and organizations that that were looking into um, maybe a church growth strategy, but not really uh, to making disciples or sharing the gospel strategy. But they're they're willing to look into the work more, and so that has I think I want to say that it was a key element to maybe what has allowed us to train a few churches that are like fully rolling on with the MPL strategy now, the four fields. And I say MPL, the four fields strategy with the vision of no place left in their city. Um, and so that, I don't know if that's um, something that's happened, but I feel like that's, that's definitely something that we've changed, you know, the last couple of years. And that's helped out a lot with, with people that were looking in from the outside, but not really doing a whole lot with us as far as sharing the gospel, making disciples. Uh, but they've come on board since then. Um, uh, something else too is the law of the straw. Uh, you know, how do you get the, the Bible through the whole straw? Well, you, you take one piece at a time and you suck it up. Uh, and so a lot less content and more, more obedience based. Um, it's something that I've been had on my heart the whole time, but that's just keeping that, that principle down uh, to, you know, just let's learn how to follow Jesus, not just learn about him. Um, and I think uh, responsibility is like fertilizer. That's something I've heard for a long time is the more you pass off the, the leadership roles and, and to bring something to the table each each church meeting, um, you, you tend to study more or look at it before you come and you learn it better and, and then you can teach others to do it. Uh, so that's been something that that's really big. If, if those were some key areas that I've learned in the last couple of years to help maybe drive forward on some movement that we haven't seen or some people jumping on board with, with joining the team, so to speak. And what have you learned about how God's shaping you as a leader? Oh my, well, <laughs> uh, well, I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm not very, haven't done very well. Because uh, I, I, um, I just like I, I've been partnering where God was working, and so just trying to cast vision for 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 um, movement to to get started to make disciples to share the gospel, um, you know, as a basis, um, and then uh, using the strategy that's so biblical, so simple. Um, Probably the the biggest thing that that I'm, I'm I guess I, that I have learned is um, how the roles of uh, different gifts you are used to serve the body and keep it healthy, um, and uh, especially the apex. You know how how best can each gift serve um, each person? Uh, so we we kind of broke out some like like the prophet types. They they might be able to help us uh, hear from God better. And so I feel like we've set up some, let's hear from God Bible studies. And so we've, we we want to see those hear from God Bible studies be reproduced with some of the prophet people in the, in the network, if that makes sense. And then there's some shepherd teacher types that, that are, they may be not sharing the gospel as much, but they're, they're able to go a little deeper into discipleship. So we've, we've kind of released the reins on, you know, pointing, pointing people to the shepherd teacher types that, that are going deeper uh, with maybe some of the teammates. Um, and then the evangelists, we've been spreading those out to um, 
to, to, so they can model sharing the gospel. Um, you know, uh, you know, I can't do that all and, and nor do I want to try anymore because I was trying real hard. <laughs> um, and, and that led us to, um, something we did this past November was 30 days in the harvest November. Um, with all the new growth that happened pretty much last year, um, we, we just took 30 days and we marked on the calendar a couple months ahead of time where each person or where each family wanted to target in the harvest. Uh, and so we wrote it down and we tried to fill up every single day that someone was in the harvest from our network. And that way we could pray over the people that were going out. And then we also could join them if we wanted to. But so that led us into some healthy rhythms about being in the harvest. So since then, I feel like that's been a, a little catalyst to help us cast vision for sharing the gospel, finding a house of peace, whether that's in your oikos or in your neighborhood. And so that was that was been something cool that we that I've seen God do. And that's sort of playing out into the leadership qualities uh things is just kind of using everyone's gifts trusting the lord that they can do it um if that makes sense mm-hmm. and you know we're in the middle of a crisis at the moment how have things changed and what are you learning about you know making the best of this time uh well um so I spent about three, four months casting vision for Oikos last year as we got into the harvest. So um, January, we we just started a, a little, or not, I don't know if we just started something, but we reached our Oikos 2020. And when this, when this pandemic started, it really forced us to really look into our Oikos and, and find ways to share with them. Um, so I heard some other guys, you know, hey, put your testimony on the, on uh, online and, and, you know, your social accounts. So we've had a few people do that. Um, uh, real quick story about that. Uh, I was able to share my 15 second testimony a, a couple weeks ago, put it online and, uh, uh, had, a, had uh, several responses. Well, um, I had a friend from uh, school reach out and said that was inspiring. So we got to talk and, and uh, I was able to share the gospel with her and she came to know Jesus. Uh, so, I had people writing out some emails, um, and just trying to be an encourager, telling their story through email, through video. And uh, there was a couple of people with that have been able to share the gospel through their 15-second testimony on social media. So it's been a challenge uh, for sure, not being able to be together with certain folks. But I won't say it hasn't been unfruitful to uh, continue to you know, share the gospel and, and cast vision for, for mission that way. Um, you know, we did a 411 online, the first time I've ever done that. And that multiplied out to three three different 411s in the same week. And so that was pretty inspiring. And and two two uh, Commands of Christ groups came out of the the, the Oikos that they that they spanned out with the 411 that they did. So that was been really cool to see that work, you know. Um I just feel like it's 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 also maybe raised up some of the leaders, the go-getters. Uh, to the top that are still maybe um, going after movement in, in a way in the day and an age that we live in. Uh, but it's been encouraging to the rest of the body, I think, to to know that God is still working and God is still, um, you know, saving lives. And we had our first baptism last week, last Saturday, actually, um, 
since the Corona started. And so that's been pretty awesome to, to see that when this first started too, I think we, we all decided, Hey, we're just going to slim down to, to the, a certain group of people and we're just going to hang out with them. And what happened was, is like the people, the churches we were meeting with, they decided to not meet as church, but meet with the people they were ministering to. And it was like, I could have never thought of that. That was something that, that cool that happened. So so what happened was with the baptism was just that it was someone that he decided he was going to still continue to meet with. And they both agreed to, you know, be as healthy and safe as they could. Well, he came to know Jesus and now you're in they baptized him Saturday. And, you know, it's just, it's been a fun time um, during this time. It's been challenging, but like, I can't say that, that it's been, you know, not fruitful for just trying to be obedient to the things that we can control. And Chris, what what are you trusting God for? People being mobilized to parts of the world that that are not had to, that do not have access to the gospel. Um, I re, I really want to see people from from our area be raised up to go. Even if that's me, I want to be uh, I want to be obedient to go. Um, and I, I feel like uh, God wants to do that, and He will do that. And I would like to see that happen. Um, it doesn't have to be from here, but it can be from everywhere. I really want to see uh, him come back in my lifetime, and I really think it's possible. I really think that that we live in a unique time in the world where uh, this right here, the Zoom, uh, the Zoom pandemic, you know, is, is is a good way where the gospel can still go out. Uh, it can still reach people, uh, and maybe that's not the end all for for reaching obviously every people group, but it's a good way to cast vision and train and, and see people go. Um, I think, and um, just trying to use that as a as a platform with with what God's given us to do ministry right now, trusting God that we're just going to be faithful in the things that we can control. But I, I'm really trusting God that that. Um, that my family, that, uh, you know, when my kids are grown and gone, that they'll follow the Lord uh, wherever he calls them to do, uh, run after a, a movement wherever they live. Um, I know that might be scary, but I, I just soon see them pursuing the Lord wherever, you know, in any part of the world, even if I can't be with them. Uh, so, like, the, you know, I'm trusting God for my family to, to be on mission and part of that. And um, I don't know, there's just – other than that, I, I really don't know, uh, you know, what else I can trust God for is just be faith. I know he's faithful and I know he's going to love me to the end. And, uh, I know he's in control of all things. And, um, but I would really love to see the world reached and see him, you know, come back in my lifetime. Don't forget if you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave a review or spread the word via social media. It really helps. This is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.